Thank you, and welcome to this teaching from Today Evangelical Ministries. Today Evangelical Ministries is dedicated to teaching the undiluted truth of God's Word. Here is Dr. Emeka Ozrumba as he brings today's teaching. May the Lord bless you as you listen. I don't know what title you're going to give this message, but let me begin somewhere. I'm talking about divine inheritance for family. Listen to me, every one of us. This is very, very important. If you want to see a successful, a blessed family, I'm talking about none should approach or come unto the Lord, what? Empty-handed. Empty I know some of you are smiling because, I mean, they use it, you know, the pulpit. You see some of these pastors that say, I know nobody should come. And what they're talking about is money. That's not what I'm talking about. <coughs> I'm talking about here, none should approach the throne of God without his relative, without his family member. Listen to me, you're going to see it now, without it. Because some of us, we don't seem to understand how important it is. None should approach empty-handed. Whoever approaches the throne of God empty-handed will surely be rejected. Look, that's why I said that this is a very important thing for you to note. Whoever does that will be rejected. Now, you can also title it that actually what we normally say, charity begins where? Charity begins at home. But do not approach God empty-handed. Charity, as we know, is love. And that love, the scripture told us that is actually what? The greatest commandment ever. Remember when somebody was asking Christ, which is the greatest commandment? And he answered, he said, love your God and love others. He said, on these two commandments, they are all one. Hang what? All the laws. I'm talking about what? Matthew 22, 37 to 40. And that is why the scripture also comes and said that love is actually the perfection of bond. Colossians 3, 14. Love is a perfection. In other words, love is perfect. Why is love perfect? For God, Lord is what? Love is God. But love begins at home. Please let everybody know that now. Love begins at home. Anybody who misses that has a problem. Love begins at home. God has called us unto those who are born of God. They are love. You may say, what is this man talking about? They are love. Why? First John 4, 16 says that God is love. And therefore, those who are born of God, they are supposed to be God. They are supposed to be the spirit of God. We read that in John 3, 5 to 6. You can start reading now. John 3, 5 to 6. Yes. Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. If you look at John 10.34, it tells us... John 10.34. Yes. Yeah. For Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? I said... 
you are God. I say you are God. We are still talking about family. Just don't worry. We're going to get. I say you are God. And God is perfect in love. That's why in Matthew 5 48, Christ said, Be you also perfect. If you see what Christ was talking before, for verse 48, he was talking about love. Love your enemies, do this and do that. Then he said, Be perfect in love as your heavenly Father is. Why? Because the scripture tells us that as God is, that's the way we're supposed to be. Otherwise, we cannot be in agreement with him. Read me 1 John, please, 4.17. 1 John 4.17. Yes. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. As God is, so are we in this world. Because it's the one who is born of God. And that's why the mistake comes. One who is born of God is born on what? Love. One, one who is born of God is love. One who is born of God is born as God unto righteousness and holiness. Read me Ephesians 4.24, please. Ephesians 4.24. Mm -hmm. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. That's the new man that's created unto God. Just like God right now. One with God. Now, for someone to say, you know, I have love for God. Or I have love for others. But that love does not start from whom? The person is just deceiving himself or herself. Because you know why? That love is imperfect. Let's get the picture right. That love is imperfect. Because you look at what the scripture was telling us. The scripture was asking, said, how could you even think you will love somebody whom you have not seen? When actually the one you see every day, you don't like the person. Are you, are you following me? Let me first John please 4, 20 to 21. First John 4, 20 to 21. If someone says I love God, and hates his brother, mm -hmm. he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Now let me ask you this. What is the greatest love? This is, this is something else. What is the greatest love that you can show to somebody? What is the, I know that. What is the greatest love you can give to somebody? Die for, oh, to, die to die for them. If you die for them, what is that? The greatest love anybody can offer to any human being is salvation. That is, you are ready to die. Whatever it takes. Within what? The laws of God to get the person to turn around. And to, because that's the greatest thing anybody can get. I, mean, I ask you this question right now. What is the greatest gift that God gave to this world? Okay, it's a salvation. But let me put it that the greatest thing he gave to the is a savior, right? Savior, Jesus Christ. And God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. So God, anyone who is born again in the family, is born as a savior. Now, somebody may, on the internet may say, what are you talking about? You mean to serve you. But he's saying here, if you are born of him, you are born of the spirit, you are the spirit. 
The same way the Father sent him, the same way he sent us. What did he send us to do? To go and save. We cannot save anybody. Try and understand the spiritual. We cannot on our own save anybody. But you see, through us, that is the reason why God draws us unto him. I want everybody to know that about their family now. We're going to come to the family, break it down, and see the mystery. God draws us for two specific reasons. Number one, that we may know him. Right? We may know him. If you look at John 17, 3, he said, well, this is eternal life, to know God. And the knowledge of God is nonsense, except you obey what God tells you to do. In 1 John 2, 3 to 4, he said, this is the way we know we know him. Is that whatever he tells us to do, we do it. But there's a second reason. He brought us to come to him. That through us, those who are the, especially those who are the closest to us, and there is none closer than a family member. Listen to me carefully now. There is none closer than a family member. A family member may be the one that will be their number one enemy that will not like you. But that doesn't mean you should ever stop calling upon God day and night, continually seeking for God to turn that person around. Because that's what God put you to do first. I want everybody to know that right now. God put you to do that. There is some reason he did that. Okay, so he called us so that we can also bear fruit. Read me John 15, 16, please. John 15, 16. Yes. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. I called you for one reason and one is knowledge. Know me, because if you don't know me, you will not be able to tell others about me. But you go and bear fruit, that your fruit will remain. Now, let's put it this way. Whoever says that God has called him, and yet there remains somebody in your family, you have not, in all godly conscience and sincerity, done everything you could to bring that person to God. You don't know God, you don't love God. Because why? The most significant others. Now let's put it this way. God called us that through us, others may be what? May be saved. The most significant others are the ones that write in your family. I want you to know that. That's the most significant. Can you, sometimes it may be a problem, I know. But we're going to get to it. There may be a problem. Because you know one thing? If God has called you, and God has taught you, and turned you and you are born a transformed heart unto God. That is the greatest blessing and gift God can give to a family. Please, please get it now. That's the greatest gift God can give to a family. Remember when we de dealt with the confident child, right? And so people were just saying, am I the one? Am I the one? Who cares whether you're the one? The most important thing is this. If I am torn, God draws me near and changes me. He has changed me for my family. Now, you see, a tree, if we bear fruit, anytime you have a fruit, a bearing, <laughs> a fruit bearing tree, and you go under it, listen to me, and you don't find any fruit at all. But those fruits are almost all dispersed all over the place 
in the world, but nothing close to it. That's a problem. Are you, are you getting me? That's a problem. That individual may lose his reward. Let's come through it right now. May lose his reward. You see, to Abraham, listen. Read me Genesis 18, 19, please. Let's get it today, please. Genesis 18, 19. Yes. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord, to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised to him. First of all, Abraham needs to know God. And then God said, if you know one thing, I know Abraham. You know one thing, I'm calling Abraham. That is the reason why I chose Abraham. Abraham will like to know me. But Abraham will also make sure his household turns to me. Are you, are you, are you with me there? He will make sure. That's why the Bible told us that any tree that does not produce fruit shall surely be what? Read me Matthew 3.10, please. Matthew 3.10. Yes. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down. And thrown into the fire. It's cut down and thrown into the fire. If you look at John 15, 2, the same thing. Can you read it? John 15, 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You cannot bear fruit, no matter whatever you try to bear. Listen to me carefully. You cannot bear good fruit, except it starts from home. You cannot. You have no foundation. I'm talking about before God. You cannot. It has to, charity must start at home. It must begin there and then begin to generate. In other words, we have a responsibility. There's some reason why God has called us. Each and every one of us, God has called us to be savior of others, beginning from what? From home. To be savior of others. God has called us also. One thing I want everybody to know this. If anyone goes before God. And attempts. Let me, he attempts to go before God empty handed. Not with his family. And cannot prove. From all circumstances. That has done all God has given him. The ability to do. And they will not turn to him. The person will be rejected. I'm going to show you the scripture. You'll be rejected. In other words, you've not done everything you could. Whatever it takes. And this happened actually, if you look at Joshua. It is not a question of, you see, you look at the woman called who? Mary Harlot. Rahab was pleading one thing. I want everybody to know that. We've got to come to it right now. But then, you see, if you look at Joshua 2, let's read 19. We'll get to, we'll get to the bottom of Joshua again. Use 19 only. Joshua 2, 19. So it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head. Do you understand that? Yes. It shall be that if I have done everything, Rahab, Rehab just what everything about Rehab. Look, whatever you do, you must take my family along. God desires and expects that we should bring our family along with us. 
I want everybody to, to please take note of that. God desires that. And I can show you where it's going. See, Rahab said, please take everything in my family. My father, everyone. And the promise was that it shall surely happen that way. However, if anyone rebels against that, after Rahab had done everything she could do, then that person's blood is on his head. Where did that happen again? Remember Lot. Remember when the angels of the Lord came to save Lot and his family. And they did everything they could to save all of them. But the in-laws were laughing, right? And they lost. How about the wife who was just on the way to salvation but turned back? The blood is on her head. On not anybody. So that's why, if you look at the Lord saying, if you are unprofitable servant, you will surely lose your reward. Leave me Matthew 25. 25 to 30, please. Matthew 25, 25 to 30. And I was afraid and went and hid my talent in the ground. Yes. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. Mm -hmm. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. Mm -hmm. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Cast him out. I gave you one. I gave you. I saved you so that through you, others will be saved. You've not been able to bear any fruit. You have not done anything. You still retain and say, Lord, you know one thing? I'm holy now. I'm the one going to, to heaven all by myself. And God said, you're not going anywhere. Because the reason why I called you was, number one, to know me. The second one was that you bear fruit. If you didn't bear fruit, you're unprofitable. Why would you, why would you come in? Cut him off, he said. Please, let's make sure. This is teaching, understanding. Cut him off, he said. The same situation that happened to Ezekiel. And that is the same thing with you and I. And I come to the New Testament, you see all these things. Ezekiel, God called Ezekiel. Ezekiel said, said Ezekiel, go, you're the watchman to the house of Israel. You know one thing? Who can even pause? Christ was called for what purpose? To seek and save who first? The house of Israel. Please listen to me. The house of Israel. First of all, that's what I called for. Most of us think that we are serving God, but our family members, sometimes we don't even talk to them, we don't like them, or whatever. Or we cease praying. And interceding to God every day. We get weary. Because it has been it is taking so long. But we forget one thing. Not too long ago, we were like them. We forget another thing. That nobody comes to God except is drawn by God. And when that will happen, nobody knows. So he was telling Ezekiel, you know one thing? I'll give you a warning. Just like God has given to all of us. Go and warn them and tell them. Sister, if he was saying that something, go and talk, talk to them. If they listen, so be it. Then they have saved their soul. You also have saved your own soul. But if you don't want them and they die, can you read Ezekiel 3, please? 17 to 19. 
Ezekiel 3, 17 to 19. Yes. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. Mm -hmm. When I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, that same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. His blood I will require under your hand. In other words, that is accountability. My brothers and sisters, please get this. That is accountability. If you look at the scriptures, read me 2 Corinthians, please. 5.10. 2 Corinthians 5.10. Yes. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, mm -hmm. that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done. Whether good or bad. We must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. With whatever we have. In other words. Never you lose whatever that God has given to you. The force will be a family. Listen to me carefully. That's given to you. In his infinite wisdom. He gave you a family. He gave you a family member. That was the reason why. Of all the people in the whole world. God in his infinite wisdom. Made you to be maybe brother or sister or your wife. Or your husband or whatever the situation may be. And then you know why he did that? Even in marriages, he told us one thing. If a husband is an unbeliever, the wife is a believer. He said, then keep crying because through you, you will save the husband. Are you following me? First Corinthians 7, 16, please. First Corinthians 7, 16. 16. For how do you know, O oh wife, whether you will save your husband? Mm -hmm. Or how do you know, O oh husband, whether you will save your wife? You see, so if you look at it, we are saviors. The literal saviors. Are you, are, you, are you with me now? I'm not talking about the capital. We are saviors. That's what we are called to do. And we must do that at all costs. We are what now? Not only saviors. We are reconcilers. People who reconcile our family and people unto God. As Christ did unto us, we surely must do the same thing. And never grow weary, but fight all along. Whether that would be. In fact, do you know one thing? That is what is actually love is talking about. If you look at John 15, 12 to 13, he said, there is no greater love than this, that somebody will give himself. What? For his friends. If somebody will give himself for his friends, then how much more his relative? No, I'm just, are you following what I'm talking about? How much more? The people who have their own lineage that you should follow. God wants you to enter with everybody in your family. And it is possible if, and we'll go to it, if you follow the word of the Lord and don't grow weary. Lord, one day we remember, I have never seen where God has forgiven, I mean, forgotten anyone's love, and obedience. When somebody is following God righteously, God brings somebody in the family. That person returns the family, that person completely up to God. Why? Because he wants you through that person to be saved. Everybody else. To draw them. God brings somebody in a village. The same thing. Maybe from that man I can save. If you look at Jeremiah 5.1, he said, if I could even see one single man that is just 
in Jerusalem. Because of him, I will save others. Remember what Christ said? If I'm lifted up, I will what? I will draw all men unto me. He will draw. He wants to draw all of men to me. And if you look at Sister, Sister, if he was reading the scripture they were reading, which says that it is the desire of God that all be saved. That is his desire. And that desire is overriding any other thing. There's nothing that's more important to God than salvation of souls. So we are also what? Reconcile. We're supposed to come and reconcile. That's why 2 Corinthians please, 5, 18 to 21. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 21. Yes. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ mm -hmm. and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Mm -hmm. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Let's stop right there. God was reconciling everyone through Christ, not imputing what? But most of us, what we do is judge and condemn people, even our relations. Listen to me. That will not bring anyone to salvation. It will not. We cannot condemn. We cannot what? We cannot judge. We can rebuke and correct. Never stop doing that. And never join them to do anything that is wrong. But you should always show love. And that is there. So if you look at what I'm saying here right now, it is salvation. Anyone that God has called in a family, Brothers and sisters, please, anyone God has called in a family that upholds righteousness and holiness, obedience and love to the end, God will never, never, never forsake that family. He will never forsake that family. You know what he told? Let's take David. Please listen to me. We're going to go through people that actually God was saying, you better enter with your family. That's the first thing he wants you to do. Enter with your family. You know why? Because if you enter alone, you're going to be so over there, you'll be crying for your family. Remember, remember Lazarus and the rich man. Lazarus wind up in hell. But Lazarus got there. He couldn't, couldn't even stand it. But he was concerned what the rich man, sorry. The rich man got, got into hell. Sorry about that. And he couldn't stand it. And the main concern of the rich man was what? That they should not come to this place. That's the same thing with somebody who makes heaven. He, does, he wants everyone to come and take. Isn't that what we do here? After all, when you have some wonderful treasure or whatever, whom do you call first? Your family and your brothers. Remember Andrew. Andrew discovered, immediately went to who? Peter. Peter, come and see, my brother. Come and eat what I have eaten. Most of us will do that. You have brought people here also for that same purpose. So if you look at what I'm saying here, if we just say it is enough, we're not trying to bring people to God, then we lose the reward that is there. Now let's look at David. I want to give you, give you an example right now. David, because of his righteousness and holiness, don't tell me now because David committed sin. God said, I saw that, I forgave him. But every single moment, 
God will say, because of my servant David, because of my servant, because he did all I told him to do. He's a God who forgives. But he gave one thing. He said, you know one thing? That's a confidence I'm going to establish. Through you, a confidence of relationship can be established in your family forever. I am telling you, if you follow God from this very day and keep that righteousness and holiness unto God, that is a life every day and always pleasing to him. If you do that, you have established and actually secured for your family the greatest inheritance anybody can give. Because from generation to generation, no matter whatever they do, God will always bring up someone from that family. Can you read me Psalm 89, please? 3 and 4. Psalm 89, 3 and 4. Yes. I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn to my servant David. Mm -hmm. Your seed I will establish forever and build up your throne to all generations. Read me 30 to 35, please. Psalm 89, 30 to 35. Yes, ma'am. If his sons forsake my law and do not walk in my judgments. You see that? Yes. If they break my statutes and do not keep my commandments, mm -hmm. then I will punish their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless. Nevertheless. My loving kindness I will not utterly take away from him, nor allow my faithfulness to fail. My covenant I will not break, I will not break, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. Once I have sworn by my holiness, mm. I will not lie to David. I will not lie to David. That's why if you look at Psalm 37, 25 to 28, he says, you know what David was saying? He said, I have been young and now I'm old, but it is not possible. And I have never seen where the Lord has what? Not only change, he will never forsake his own or make them to beg bread. That's God. I'm just trying to tell you right now. Whatever we do now, we'll, that's other, the severe consequences. Whether it is what? Evil or good. Whatever we want to set up for our family, it will be that way and go through. But let's get, look at this example because of time. Noah, let's start from the beginning. Noah. Everybody knows Noah, right? The Noah's Ark. God established a covenant with Noah. Give me Genesis 6.18, please. But that covenant was not only for Noah. Genesis 6.18. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall go into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. Can you believe that even in-laws? You know, here, most of us, you know, uh, mother-in-law, father-in-law, we don't seem to get along. I don't know, wouldn't know what the problem is. You see? But here it's saying, everyone that you what you have. Can you believe such thing? Everyone, including in-law, bring them. You must bring them. I had a covenant with you, but that covenant is only you, not only you, Noah. It's you and your family to go in. Because, no, I don't want you to get there and start crying for, about your family. Because I know it, no, I will cry. What happened to my wife? Why did you have to bring me all alone? What happened to my family? We left them there. Anyone who is saved, so anyone who is saved and his family is lost, is not saved. I'm saying anyone who is saved and his family is lost is not saved. You will never be happy and have peace. Because your family, you want them to come along. So he said, I've established this covenant with the, 
Noah. But then, Noah, you know one thing? Take everyone. Whatever belongs to you, bring them along. Read me Genesis 7-1, please. Genesis 7-1. Yes. Then the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Now, read that scripture. God said, I've seen that your descendants have been righteous in this generation. Did he say that? No, no you've been righteous. But I don't want you to come in without your family. Come in. Because you that have looked and have established a covenant. And I want to draw your children. Everybody come with you. Read me Genesis 9 9, please. Genesis 9 9. Yes. As, and as for me, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. Now, do you see now? With you and who? And your descendants. I don't care. They may just fall out. They may just curse me. They may annoy me. They may sin against me as God. But you know one thing? When I remember you, Noah, I'll make sure that I have mercy. I will not utterly cut you out. I will not utterly cut you When somebody is called like you and I, and you follow the path of the Lord, that same covenant, because it's God, it doesn't change. He will establish it. No matter whatever happens, he will not cut off that family. He will find a way to have mercy. But why did God, as we're doing it, we could answer it. Why did God have such confidence with, with Noah? Read me Genesis 6, please. Genesis 6. 8 and 9. 8 and 9. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Mm -hmm. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Mm -hmm. Noah walked with God. That is it. Noah walked with God. And that's why I started with that perfect love. And then obedience. There is no love. It's an obedience coming to it with God. And when one does that, there's no way God, there's no way God will forsake or forget your love. That thing you have done, God will remember you for your family. But let's leave Noah right now and go to Abraham. And then we get into some mystery. You will see how this God, it's unbelievable what he does. So quiet, how he can hide it, you may not know what he's doing. Abraham! We know Abraham. Who was the father of Abraham? Terah. Terah was the father of Abraham. But actually, who was Terah? Yeah. How did, where did Terah come from? Whatever, Pastor Charles. <laughs> where did Terah come Do you know what that Terah came from? Shem. S-H-E-M. Right? And who is Shem? The son of that's the one who covered the nakedness. Read me Genesis 9:23. Genesis 9:23. But Shem and Japheth took a garment, mm -hmm. laid it on both their shoulders, and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned away, mm -hmm. and they did not see their father's nakedness. You see, from Noah you have Shem. Blessing came to Shem. And then from there to Terah. Terah then Abraham. Let's get it there. Terah and Abraham coming in. And God established a covenant with Abraham also. And his descendants. Read me Genesis 17, 7, please. 
Genesis 17, 7. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations. And we know that generation. We know Isaac and Jacob. We're going to get it to right. We know Isaac and we're not going to deal with those two. But we're going to jump into something and show some mysteries. We know what? Isaac, Jacob. Forever I will establish my covenant because we've done this. But why did God establish his covenant? I want you to know every time when God does anything for a family or a relationship or covenant, there's a reason originating from the first person. That's the covenant. Remember we're talking about a covenant child. People were just flying, looking at me. That is a covenant child. God does not just, every family does not, he will just choose one person and do what he needs to do. But that person better, better do the work of God. Otherwise, whatever thing he does wrong may be counted against that family. I am telling you, it may take a long time before another comes up. But if you read me Genesis 22, please, 18, 16 to 18. Genesis 22, 16 to 18. Yes. And said, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, mm -hmm. because you have done this thing and not, have not withheld your son, your only son, yes. blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. Mm -hmm. And your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed mm -hmm. because, because you have obeyed what? my voice. Because you obeyed my voice. Please, let's get it. Because you obeyed my voice. But even, let's stretch this a little bit further. You can see God only saving Lot because of Abraham. Yes. Right? Yes. Genesis nineteen twenty nine, please. Yes. Genesis nineteen twenty nine. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. God remembered who? Abraham. He didn't remember Lot. He remembered Abraham. For Abraham's sake, he saved Lot. But even when the angels came to take Lot away from there, they told Lot, you know one thing? Lot. Is there any other person here? Anyone at all, we take him out with you. No matter whatever happens. Read Genesis 19.12, please. Genesis 19.12. Then the men said to Lot, Have you anyone else here? Son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, and whomever you have in the city. Take them out of this whomever. place. Whomever! You have. Take the entire family. That's what I'm trying to let you know right now. The entire family, God wants you to bring them. Otherwise, you will answer. If God has taken it that much to keep. You know one thing? Christ was also giving the same testimony. The accountability. Christ said what? For all you have given me, Father, I have not lost any. He was given an account. I have not lost any. As you gave them to me, I just render account unto you. But let's go now. If you look at Noah, you look at Abraham, we'll see Isaac and Jacob, right? But let's jump to Judah. 
That's always our mystery. You know, the, you guys know the mystery of Judah we shared before. But there's a different mystery about Judah again. And the Lord was opening my eyes about this. Just about yesterday, I said, what? Judah. God said what? You know, Judah, I've taken you, I bless you. And we knew why he did that. But it's something that is amazing. God will never forget your labor of love and obedience. And whatever confidence he gives to someone, if he calls you, the calling of God is surely without what? Repentance. There are things that people did we seem to ignore. But God blessed them from generation after generation. And their family continued from that time to be blessed up to now. You see, Judah, after Judah was who? After Judah in the genealogy was who? You don't remember? All right, all right. If you don't remember, read me Matthew 1. 1 to 6. Jesse. Okay, good. Matthew 1, 1 to 5. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Mm -hmm. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob. And Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Judah begot Perez. Okay, let's stop right there. Judah, Judah begot who? Perez. Perez. Who is Perez? What are you? The son of Jacob. This, uh, yeah, the son of Abraham too. <laughs> Look at Perez. Let me tell you one thing. Perez, can you believe this? Because of faithfulness, because of love, because of obedience of the mother, God, Judah had many children, many sons. But he chose Perez. Remember that Perez came from Tamar. You know the story about Tamar? Yes. Genesis 38. You see, Tamar was a situation. Tamar was married to the first son of Judah. The poor guy died. And then, according to their custom, then Judah gave the second one. That one died too. The third one was growing up, and Judah said, you know one thing, I don't, what I'm smelling is not very good. There's something here that is not very wonderful. This woman, you have to go to your father. You know, and then when my young one goes up, then you can get married. That was to get rid of her. And then the young boy became of age. And Judah said, no, I don't want that one to die too. And God said, Judah had broken what I have already said that should be done. That's a that word. And then this woman, being faithful to the same thought, whatever it is that time, with God of the way the thought was, decided to play like a harlot, and then Judah came on to her, and then she conceived and had Perez. And God said, it's Perez, who will take over? I don't like injustice. That woman has showed faithfulness, love, and obedience. He did not want to abandon that family. He continued. So Perez took over from Judah. Of all the children, even Jacob, the children of Jacob and everybody, Perez took over from Judah. But amazingly, Perez went ahead and had sons and got Salmon. Read that again. Read, read, read another verse. <laughs> okay. Perez begot Hezron, and Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Aminadab. Aminadab mm -hmm. begot Nashon, and Nashon begot Salmon. Uh -huh. Salmon begot Boaz. Okay, now stop right there. Salmon begot Boaz from who? Rahab. Are you connecting this now? Rahab the harlot, remember? 
In Joshua 2. In Joshua 2, read me 12 to 13, please. Joshua 2, 12 to 13. Yes. Now, therefore, I beg you. This is Rahab saying to them, yes? Swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father's house mm -hmm. and give me a true token and spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. What was actually important to this woman? The family. He was faithful to the spies that came, he obeyed God, but still the family. He didn't say, hey, whatever you do, don't kill me. But others, forget about it. Because of that faithfulness, can you believe it? Solomon married this harlot called who? Rahab. And it was then Rahab that begot Boaz. From who? From who? Keep reading. Matthew 1. Let your eyes be open. Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. By Rahab, yes. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. By who? By Ruth. Look at Ruth. Faithfulness, love, obedience to the end. You know Ruth that will never leave the mother-in-law, whatever it took. And God saw that. That's why I say God will never, God will never forsake the labor of your love and obedience. It's not possible. Look at the linkage. Because of what all these people have done unto God, God remember them. I will favor them. And he favored them. So from that obey, that's how you got Jesse. And from Jesse, David. And from David, that lineage, that's how you got Christ. Can you believe that Rahab, of all people, that the lineage of Christ came from all the... Are you following what I'm talking about? Yes. And the root coming down all of this line until that which you say our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God never... Everything about family. What happened to Ruth? Ruth was about family. I will never leave you. I'm going to throw you. Whatever it takes. Where you die, I will die. Whatever it, God said, I have seen this. And I will bless you, you lady. Going in. So you see, and somebody may say, well, all these things are all in the Old Testament. Do they still happen? Absolutely, they still happen. If you look at Luke 19, 9, concerning Zacchaeus, read that for me. Luke 19, 9, and Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Salvation Be has come to who? Salvation has come to this house. Salvation didn't come to Zacchaeus only. Zacchaeus, for what you have done, you climbed a tree and you will not quit looking for me. Salvation has come to the house. The house, not only him. But again, look at Acts of Apostle 10. Read me 44. Acts 10, 44. Yes. While Peter was still speaking these, these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles. Now, let's believe that. For Colenus, because of what Colenus did, I'm sure you know it already. I mean, the goodness, what he did. And for that, God. Yes. But even at that, if you look at 
Let's, let's go back and read that. Acts of Apostles 10, 1 to 2. You can see why God did what he did. Yes. Acts 10, 1 to 2. This, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, mm -hmm. a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man. A devout man. And one who feared God with all his household. He feared God with all his household, yes. Who gave alms generously to the poor and the prayed to God always. Prayed to God. So when salvation came, it came to his entire household. Because of one man, because of you, one woman, God will do it. But let's not really mess up the opportunity, especially for our families. Let us not mess it up. Follow that which God has called. There's a reason why God drew you. The reason why God drew you is just like what he did with Abraham. He said, I knew Abraham would know me, but Abraham will also turn around and make teach his children. And God expects that when we fail, that's a problem. So how do you sustain this covenant? All right? How do you sustain it? This inheritance that's bigger than any other inheritance. Number one, I'm going to rush on it right now. That perfect love. Never, never, never you stop loving. A relative. Never stop loving. I'm just telling you right now. Whatever it is, because, you see, lack of love breaches covenant of God. Why? Because God is love. If you don't love, that covenant is broken with God. Continue loving no matter whatever happens. The reason being that you don't know what God will do the next day. I have to give you a testimony right now. You know, I've wondered and I've wondered so much what God has done in my life. I've wondered it. I've wondered why God even brought me here. We all sit down here, my own brothers. Yet where I lived since almost like 81 or 82 is in spring. That's where I have soccer club. That's where I have everything. I'm just telling you right now. How come God will have me come and we all join. No matter whatever I go out there to preach, whether it's in India, whatever it may be, and my own people are lost, it's of no use to me. God will ask me, did you ever think about them too? And then when he sent me to Nigeria, my wife was there. Somebody would have said, did God punish this man? He sent me there to my village, a remote place. That two years before I went there, that's when the, the, the first time they got light. And the light never came on. Most of the time. There was nothing there. It was all bush. And for over three years, this God made me to start from the sky. Can you believe you telling someone from here, after many years, that I will go to, I should go to my village and then to start a Bible study. Bible study with who? The women running around that I could not understand me. But the very first day this started, I opened my mind. It was all in perfect language, that Igbo. Never spoke once English, and they all understood me. And they were wondering, for three years, you ask my wife, except when I go to the city, where they want English, everything, all the churches, were all in my language. I couldn't believe that God did that unto me. And people were complaining. Look at this man who has been in the United States for how many years? And yet he'll come here, he doesn't need any interpreter. And this one with us here, they need interpreter. They want to act like the old colonial, they want to interpret that. Well, I can, if I go, I can open my mind. He's the one who's going to open it. 
So with all that you see, I appreciate it now, say, my God. Where the village from there? For three years, people had it. Whoever did not want to listen, that's, the blood is on his head. It's not me anymore. But most of us want to, uh, God has called me, oh, okay, so I have to go and establish in a very big place where money is going to be flowing. It's money. If God called me for money, then God didn't call me. God calls you for souls to touch them and save them, beginning from your family. So whatever you do, do not stop loving. If you stop loving, you have provoked God because it breaches the covenant, and that's a problem. If you stop loving, it, you, have, you have become weary. That's number one. Number two, never, never cease interceding. Every single day intercede for members of your family. Never stop. Don't impose anything on anybody. It's God who draws, yes. But God has sent to us and said, well, I want to see an intercessor. He made us intercessors. He made us the watchman. Blow the trumpet. Let them know, always. But whatever you do, do not follow their ways. Love them, rebuke, do not condemn, do not judge. But in one thing is this, as you go on, make sure the Spirit of God leads you to draw what I call a red line. There got to be a red line that you will never compromise. Anything that will offend God and disobey God, do not do it. But if you do all these things and intercede for God, continue to obey God and follow him in love, in righteousness and holiness, there is just no way God will not remember everyone in your family, unless the one that at all costs have rejected God and will not come, and then it will not be your own fault. So you've seen the wonderful mystery how God will bless whole family because of the doing of one person. And I pray you that the Spirit of the Lord will lead you and strengthen you as we hear his word on the line and those who are here. That the Lord God Almighty will give us that spirit. The spirit that does not quit. The spirit of love. Total obedience. And grant unto our families that everlasting covenant and inheritance. That it may be well with us. And our family. And our children. Grand-grandchildren. And so on. Unto the next and the last generation in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our Contact Us page or by sending an email to info at tmonline.org. Our web address is tmonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.